we are designed to win. If we can just lift that veil off our mind or off our eyes, you're going to see you are actually blessed. You are blessed more than what you think you see or what you think you are. You can do this. You have it already. You just may need to take a few more steps. Hi, this is Corey Brown, founder of You Deserve to Win. And if you want to start being more intentional about using your free time to discover your purpose and potential, then you should be listening to the Free Time Podcast with my good friend, Carl Sona. Deep down in your gut, you know there's more to life than waking up for school or work, going through the motions just to get by, and living for the weekend. But you're still scared and uncertain about what your true purpose in life is. Welcome to the Free Time Podcast, your very own community and virtual support group created to help you leverage your free time as a valuable asset so you can start to improve your mindset, learn self-empowerment skills, and ultimately find true fulfillment to move you towards the incredible life that was specifically created for you to live. This is more than a podcast dropping three episodes a week. This is a movement built around real people sharing real stories focused on helping you make the most of your life by becoming super intentional with your time. Brought to you by your host, Carl Sona. Now, before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a quick announcement. We're on a mission to build a movement here around the topics of self-empowerment, mental health, and personal fulfillment. These are all some really big topics that we all deal with as human beings, but also they're topics that will look a little different for each of us as individuals. And so I'd love to put a name with the face and learn more about who you are and where you are currently along your journey. So I'm super excited to announce that I'm offering free 15-minute Zoom phone calls with me in order for us to get better acquainted. If you're at all interested in this, please hit the link to my calendar in the show notes below to sign up for a time, and I'll see you there. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our episode today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Free Time Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another one, guys. Your time means so, so much to me. Today, today's a very special one because I have with us a very classy gentleman. He's a speaker, he's an author, he's a poet and he's an advocate. He's an advocate for all people he comes into contact with, helping them understand that they deserve to win. Corey Brown, welcome to the show, brother. Absolutely, man. How are you doing? Dude, I'm great, man. It's uh, almost the top of another week, man. I guess we're getting ready for week seven of quarantine slash stay-at-home order. So we're doing our best to keep ourselves busy, man. How about you? Absolutely. It's interesting because, you know, uh, this time is flying by, and <laughs> it's almost like who's keeping track and who's not keeping track. But um, you know, through this quarantine, things have been great. And, and I, I'm enjoying kind of this time really just to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was with my fiance, Heather, and just figuring out ways to get better and just be more of myself, essentially, to get more real with myself. I love that, man. You just said something that I definitely want to focus on for today's episode, and that is taking the time to focus on yourself, to be more real with yourself. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you over the past few months, man, for a variety of reasons. One being that you strike me as a person that has definitely taken the time to learn about yourself, right? Like you've, yes, you've yes. done the inner work, you've, you've asked the questions, like you've gone deep. And oh, yeah. that's so critical because I think that in my mind, at least, that's a critical step towards learning more about 
where you're at in life and why you are where you are, but also learning more about what you ultimately want out of life. You know what I'm saying? Just getting some mm-hmm. clarity on that. So if you don't mind, man, talk to us a little bit about your journey and your progression from where you started up to getting to that fork in the road where you decided, you know what, I'm going to go in and learn about myself. What was that discovery process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. I love the question. And, you know, just to kind of keep it short, and I know for those viewers out there listening, you know, I was born and raised in Elkhart, Indiana. So for you guys who don't know that's that, uh, same with you, Carl, that's right by Notre Dame. So stop in Indiana, Notre Dame, uh, fighting Irish, about 10 minutes from there. Um, and, you know, really growing up, you know, I was a sport, three-sport athlete. Brother was in football, basketball, sports, you name it. Anything under the sun he played. My sister did softball, volleyball. Uh, so family was very active, raised by a single mother. But as I got better through middle school and through high school, I realized football was something I was really good at. My brother was the superstar growing up. He's eight years older than I am, so I, you know, kind of idolized him growing up. I was a ball boy, you know, that little cute little brother, right? Everyone looked up to, like, he's going to be next in line. And, and, you know, as a kid, I really ate that up. So when I got to high school, you know, playing varsity as a freshman and, and going through that process, I seen that if I really put the time in, if I really worked at it, I could probably take this to the next level. I was like, okay, cool. Like, you, if you can really focus, go to these camps, get your work done, you have a shot. Like, this could be your, uh, your golden ticket, right? You really want to to the next level. Mm-hmm. And um, sure enough, I had a guy to full ride scholarship to a few universities and Division One schools and then MAC and Big Ten. End up going to Bowling Green State University in Ohio. And uh, transition was, was very easy. Uh, I left high school early, uh, 17, came to uh, BG that year, 2012 of January. I'm just kind of give you a timeline. And, um, you know, when I got there, to be honest with you, man, I thought that was my way. Like I said, I thought that was a way for me to provide for my family, my mom. Because um, to be honest, I was one of those kids I couldn't afford you know, school, especially out of school, out of state tuition in Ohio. And, uh, you know, I thought football was my way, right? I want you guys to understand that you may be on a track right now if you think that's the way. And that's fine because for me, I thought football was it, right? That was my college, boom, NFL, right? We just got on the NFL draft. But to get to your question, as I got to BG, I, you know, could do everything as a student athlete, 3 0 student. You know, not the top, not the bottom. Could work out just as strong as upperclassmen, run just as fast, was there physicality-wise. But really where the fork kind of hit the road was probably the end of my freshman year going to my sophomore year. Carl, I really realized, what did I really want to do? Like, I really started questioning who was Coy Brown. Mm-hmm. And was I living for myself, which I think I was to an extent, or was I living for people outside of me, in my community, my family? My mom, who was excited for me to see a, a, an individual play Division One football, go to school, study, um, and further his education. My sophomore year is probably where I had a fork in the road of, do I go on this path of football, which I enjoyed, but I realized I wasn't really passionate about. Mm. That wasn't a burning desire. It didn't wake me up in the morning. Or do I go into something different, which I have no idea at this moment? You know, and at that time, I'm 17, well, 18, going 19. I'm a young, young man, still learning, still growing. And to be honest, I was scared. I was looking for a way out. I was looking for an avenue of mm-hmm. some hope to find myself. And um, I read two books, Think Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert T. Kiyosaki. Mm. 
And that really got my mind open to these possibilities of like, you could do business, you could, could do this, you could do travel. Mm. So I really opened up this box of opportunities of what could happen. Mm-hmm. So going into the end of my sophomore year, I really thought, man, should I really leave Bowling Green? Now it's becoming a possibility because I knew there was other avenues. And for me, I knew football just wasn't it. You know, yeah, yeah you're playing Division One football at ESPN and, and traveling. The friendships I love, but just football that I just knew that wasn't where I wanted to put my energy at. Yeah. And I actually ended up leaving Bowling Green in 2014, my junior year. That summer wow. I took summer class. After I took my summer classes that July, I left. So you just quit school and football? Yeah. Well, because I think at that time I knew if I stopped playing football, my mom couldn't afford tuition. Um, oh. So it was almost a double whammy um, at the same time. Wow. Um, so you really turned your back on the full ride scholarship that you had because of your athletic ability. You just yeah. turned Wow. I turned it down and, and obviously I want to get to grain, right? My mom was pleading. My coach was pleading at the time. It was not Notre Dame. And, you know, at that time, I really didn't know where I was going to go. Yeah. Um, and so for some of you guys, you may not know what's going to happen when this road, when this road splits. You don't have the next step that's in front of you. And um, for me, I really didn't know. I just knew I'd had to bet on myself. And I said, hey, I'm young. If I mess up, I can always bounce back. I love that mentality. Um, you just said something that was so critical there. You were willing to bet on yourself. Yeah. I think that a lot of people are dealing with fear and uncertainty and they've probably come to some sort of a fork in the road, right? And yep. they have very similar options, you know, go down the path that has already kind of been laid out, you know, the, the more conventional path or, or pivot and be willing to bet on yourself, as you say, even though you don't really know where that other direction is going to take you. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about managing that fear and that uncertainty when you come to the fork in the road, you know what I'm saying? Cause I believe, mm-hmm. and I'll just show you what I believe. I, I believe that that fear and that uncertainty is a given. Like I think it's always going to be there anytime you come up to that fork in the road, no matter what that proverbial fork in the road is. But yep, yep. how do you personally manage that fear and uncertainty and, and what words do you have there for the audience that is probably dealing with a similar situation? Yeah, well, I'll say if you're, if you're there, as I'm sure you've been there as well, Carl, it's okay. Like I said, I think it's given as well too. I mm-hmm. think we all have different fears, but I think that congruency of having that idea like, well, I don't know what's going to happen is always going to be there. And really dealing with that, I really at that time didn't know what to do. I guess my only answer was I had to do something. <laughs> I had to keep on moving. You know, they say bravery, right? You're still scared, but you're moving ahead with courage, right? You're still moving ahead. And that was really what I kind of look back on now is it was just a lot of bravery. And, you know, for me at the time, I, I, I would say I kept myself busy to make sure that I was working myself. And that was where I dove really deep into reading. I really started working, as you said earlier, about, you know, you love that I studied myself. And that's what I really did you could say to conquer that fear, but even get beyond that fear to bring myself reassurance. Okay. Yeah. I'm making a a, a risky decision. Yeah. Embedding myself, but I'm I'm coming back to myself that I'm going to build my foundation. Yes. That's huge because while you're taking that calculator risk of, okay, like I'm the asset and I don't really know how I'm going to, you know, capitalize on this asset to see the upside. I'm going to start crediting myself with knowledge, with mentors, with, just different ideas, right? That can right. help me along my evolutionary process. So that really kind of speaks to the internal work. It sounds like for you, you got started with books to start to yes. really build 
foundation that you could build upon for yourself. So, you know, I think so often we start looking outside of ourselves or external of ourselves for some sort of a playbook as to how to mm-hmm. do it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think like in my life, one of my childhood idols, one of my idols held to this day is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Like I just, yeah. I, dude, I can't wait to have a drink of tequila with him one day. And I find that when I feel particularly lost around my charisma or my quote unquote charm, you know, my yep, more yep. personal traits, if you will, I find myself like looking to him almost as like a template, right? Even though he's, oh, yeah. he's a person I don't really know personally, I don't have an intimate relationship with him. I look to him as a way to kind of shore up what I feel like I'm missing. But you're talking about an internal work process. You're talking about, you know, how do we take the raw assets of ourselves and make them something. Talk to me a little bit about why you think our knee-jerk reaction is to like go outside of ourselves and not do the internal work. Yeah, I think the easy thing is we have our five senses, right? Mm. So if you think about it, we see things and we hear things. As babies, our minds are wide open. So when our parents are yelling at us, whether we see things, it's easiest for us to see something and hear something or attach to something outside of us because as we're learning, that's all we knew. And for the most time, we don't change it for the year of seven. So it's easy to attach ourselves, I think, to something outside of ourselves, whether it's a person or idolizing something else, because, you know, for the most part, I think it's, it's easy to do that. It's, it's something we don't want to deal with ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's a really good quote by a friend of mine named Nathan Apkin, and uh, I apologize for paraphrasing it but almost we're scared to deal with the reality of us or you. So it's easier to almost put it off or pass the buck and, and put it on someone else or whatever object that is to maybe something a scapegoat to help us to better move forward. But, you know, for the most part, there may be a difficulty or there may be a challenge for us to maybe want to do the dirty work. So and, what did that look like for you, bro, personally? So, you know, you, you've turned your back on this full ride scholarship, you're essentially saying, no, I'm not going down the path of being this collegiate jock to NFL aspirations. I'm going to go over here, wherever here is at that point in time, kind of just zig and zag and just wade and wander. Talk to to me about exactly what you were doing in that time to, you know, look at yourself for where you were in order to actually find your path. So this is kind of the second part of my story. So when I actually left Bowling Green, I had went back here in South Bend, Indiana. I enrolled to uh, Indiana University, South Bend. So it was like a little hub of extension of IU in Bloomington. And um, I had done that, which was great, right? Had that, it was fun. But I left that actually after that semester, that fall semester. I got a job in Indianapolis for a company called G&G Marketing, where I was traveling to other gyms. Um, and in that time, I met a gentleman named Darren Gibson. He was working with a guy named Bob Proctor. Mm-hmm. Um, who some of you guys who are listening may know of. Very successful track worker with IBM, Prudential, Oprah, Tony Robbins, Eric Thomas, he's mentored. And he focused a lot on the mind. So long story short, what I was doing is I met this guy, became best friends, still great friends to this day, met Bob Proctor, got in the inner circle. And really what I was doing was not only reading, right? Reading and learning by myself, but really I was just challenging myself. I had to you know, really ask these difficult questions of, what did I really want to do? And the biggest thing too, I think about is not, I don't say what you want to do, which is great or what you envision, but I had to ask who do I want to serve and why do I want to serve them? 
And that was something I really had to think about when I was doing this and, and working with Bob and working with Darren was who do I want to serve? Why do I want to serve them? Mm-hmm. And just be honest. I think we, and for me at that time, I, I was almost chasing, well, I want to be like him. I want to be like her. I want to be like this. And it was outside of myself. Like you said, it was never like, okay, let's turn around. What does Koi want? Like, what do you really want? Like, let's be real with yourself. Mm-hmm. What makes you feel good? Not looks good. You want a car. You don't want a Maserati. You know I mean? All that materialistic stuff. So in that time, I was depositing a lot of information into myself, whether that was really books. And I fell in love with that. I realized that came easy to me. And I enjoyed the mental breakdown, the spiritual breakdown of almost developing a new you. Mm-hmm. I broke myself down. I knocked it down and I built it back up. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I fell in love with. And I was like, oh, okay. I see that there's got to be a change in you first. And if so, I can work on me first, yeah, great. Yeah, I love that. I love how you said you focused on who you wanted to serve and you got some clarity around who you wanted to serve and that, that kind of really helped the rest of the process sort of fall in line. Like yeah. I, I think a lot of success in life is based on service. Like who are you serving? Because in my opinion, the majority of human beings have this weird innate desire to just be of service and to help and to pay yeah. it forward. Yeah. Yep. You know, sometimes, man, I'll be in a funky mood. And this is a little hack that I've discovered about myself. Like if, if I'm just boggled up in my own mind, you know, I'm just like so buried and focused on my own issues. I'll just find somebody to hold the door for just because yeah, it'll bring yeah, a smile yeah. to their face, you know, or I'll find somebody to compliment that I don't know, or I'll pick up the phone and call a, a homie and just say, how's it going? It, yep. It's just something that brings me a lot of, of joy. And it sounds like that's what ultimately provided a little bit of a catalyst for you in really mm-hmm. trying to figure out the next step going forward. So once you figured out who you wanted to serve, which by the way, what was that initial answer for you? And talk a little bit about how we make sense of who we want to serve relative to like our life at like at scale. Because I think a lot of people do get stuck on the questions of who do I want to serve or what do I want to do? Because they're thinking that whatever that answer is that they find is the answer for the test of time. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that whole psychology, man. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I'm such a off the tradition kind of against the grain idea. And I felt the same way when I was figuring who did I want to serve. I felt if I click one answer, like you said, it's going to be the test of time. Like I have to stay on this railroad, right? I can't get off this train. But for me, and um, I think I shared with you earlier, I almost wanted to serve everybody. I knew I couldn't do that. But my spirit was like, I want to help so many people. And, and for me, when I figured out who did I want to serve, at the beginning, it was like business, right? I thought it would just be business because that's who my mentor did. Like he was very corporate, yeah. right? So I thought, okay. I'm a young 20, you know, 22, 23 year old kid. I'm going to go straight to corporate. <laughs> um, and I still, and I still want to serve that, right? That's still the goal. But what I found out, obviously being a student athlete, I was like, well, I can serve these kids because how many kids or how many women and men are in the same shoes I was playing sports or even just in school and not even playing athletics that needed that help. So I, I just switched from not what do I want to do, which is hard for a lot of people to answer to who do I want to serve. And once I found that of student athletes, men and women, that kind of shaped that gear to really go down that path and obviously extend and do anything you want within that field, you know, moving forward. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I love that, man. I mean, I think that 
clarity is so key about that, that service question, because once you have that clarity, it really gives you that nudge to start seeking those people out, right? That you feel like you can ultimately positively impact with whatever your gift or your skill is. But there's definitely a whole nother Pandora's box that opens up once you start having the conversations with the people that you feel like you can serve. You know, I know yeah. this for me in my story, you know, my whole thing was I want to serve young professionals. I want to empower them to think about their free time as an asset. And then all of a sudden yep, I started yep. hopping on a coaching calls and I started talking about it with even people that, you know, I work with in my full-time job. And I started kind of feeling like, who am I to really help position yeah. these people a little bit further along their own same, journey? Same, like I'm still same. working on my own bullshit. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. That's how I thought. Was that the same for you? And like, it, it if it was. was, how did you navigate all of that? Oh man, you hit the nail on the head. I felt the same way. As I was elevating, as I was growing, I was getting so excited, right? You're sharing with other friends and it's like, who the hell am I to tell you, right? When you know you better <laughs> than me right now, but I'm just, I'm just learning, right? And uh, like, that was something I think people may struggle with as well as they're coming up. They feel like, well, I can't really share this, but you can because for me, I guess, I just realized the information I was studying was good and mm. it could help anyone. Didn't matter of race, didn't matter of you know class or where you're at in your job, because it was about you. Mm -hmm. And if I know more about myself, I know more about you as well. So in those times when I felt like, oh no, I guess you could say imposter, like who the hell are you to to share all this information, I realized this stuff was was beneficial. It wasn't rah-rah, if that makes sense. It wasn't yeah. to get you excited. You know, that was important to me to realize that it could really change you if you really I, took it seriously. I think that people can think about it, you know, if you're an individual that is having feelings of like, who the hell am I or imposter syndrome, as I think it's most frequently coined. I think a good way to think about it is, let's say like you and I both are huge fans of Game of Thrones or whatever, like popular television show is, is right. out there. And Let's say, you know, a new season's getting ready to start. You know what I'm saying? And, and I watched like the trailer that showed everything that had happened up until the point of the new season. And you're mm -hmm. getting ready to come to my house to like watch season eight, episode one. Like you can almost think of it as like, yo, I went a little further. I yep. watched the whole recap over the past few seasons. Like, let me just put you on real quick. Yes. yes. As to what happened so that we can both be in this experience going further together. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you just absolutely. have to be a few steps ahead of the people that you're trying to help mm -hmm. to really make a positive impact. Right. It's not like you have to have like the whole thing figured out or that you have to know exactly what's to come in the next season. Of course, you don't have that information. Very similar to life. You don't have the information of what's to come, but you're just a couple steps ahead. So why not, yes. you know, feed that person behind you? Yep. Like you said, yeah. service. 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 Exactly, you man. Exactly, man. So, you have a business. You have a business called You Deserve to Win, right? Yep. Where did the idea for that come from? And what was it like actually taking it from idea to, hey, I'm going to go, you know, file for an EIN, you know, get the LLC yep. going, like, to actually taking the steps? What was that whole progression like? Yeah, it started probably in 2004. Well, not probably, no, in 2000, uh, 2015. Okay. Well, before my daughter was born. I came back home and I made a shopping list of like everything I love to do, right? Anything and everything. 
what I thought I loved to do. Sure enough, it came down to speaking and writing and was not a speaker, was not a writer. Still, I would say nervous. If I was going to speak, I was hoping it was a group project. Like I didn't want to be by myself. Yeah. But that whole idea came about because once again, the stuff I was sharing, right. I couldn't contain myself to not share it. Like you said, with the episode, I wanted to get it across to you. I wanted you to just, just, just hear it mm-hmm. because once you get that seed, you could take off. And that was a satisfactory feeling for me that knowing that you could really change. So as this idea is more around in my mind and can I really do this? Right. Am I capable? I'm, you know, my early twenties. Like I said, I came back and got a shopping list and it really, really came about because one of hope, right. I understood. Okay. If I can go from division one, leave division one, come here, I met Darren, met Bob, right? top, top people in their industries and change myself. How many kids, how many women, how many parents are out there that need to do the same thing? So as I'm thinking about this, I knew, okay, one hope, knowing that, that there's, there's more inside you than there's outside of you. Yes, there's circumstances we have to deal with, and that's real, right? But on the secondary, too, is that if you not only worry about your hope, but also study yourself, gain some understanding. That was the key word when I was sat down was gaining understanding, mm-hmm. awareness, consciousness, uh, self-reflection, everything you want to talk about, you can gain that and use these life principles um, and, you know, non-man-made principles. If you combine those two, you can really put yourself in the driver's seat, per se, of your life. So this whole idea of you deserve to win was a broad concept of that our birthright, it really is to win. We are designed to win. If we can just lift that veil Mm -hmm. off our mind or off our eyes, you're going to see you are actually you know, blessed, mm-hmm. like you are blessed more than what you think you see or what you think you are. It's yeah. actually there. So that was the whole idea of you deserve to win. Like you deserve to win. Like you can do this if you really want to. And if you really see it, like this is it, you have it already. Yeah. You just may need to take a few more steps because I realized I needed a few more steps. I mm-hmm. needed to deposit some more, you know, coins, some more gold into my bank account of my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how it all started in 2016 of April. And, you know, I've never looked back because I realized, you know, this opportunity you have in this life is short, but if you can do it the right way, you can live, you know, a great yeah. life. Man, bro, it's super cool to see your body language change when you talk about you deserve to win. Like I can definitely tell that it's a mission that's on your heart and that you are living your purpose with furthering this message because the energy that you display is wild, man. Even through the virtual screen, I could see that. I wish you guys listening could see this man's energy right now. I might have to get a little... Yeah. A little clip of this for, for uh, YouTube or something so that people can see that. But I think it's a great testament of really attaching yourself to your life's purpose, you know, and we're going to yes. come to purpose and, and we're going to get to a little bit more about what exactly you're doing with You Deserve to Win. But I yeah. want you to briefly speak on how important the idea or the concept of continuation is when it comes to actually living out something that you feel called to bring to the world. Like for instance, when you started, you deserve to win five years ago. I think you said in 2015, you clearly saw a pathway that you could fill. You know, you clearly saw an audience that you could bring value to, but I'm willing to bet that you came across some moments to where you weren't quite sure you had enough gas in the engine to actually live it out. Right. I'm sure mm-hmm. you came across some barriers or some difficulties and maybe you can share one or two with us of instances that really tried and tested you 
Talk to me about that resistance that we all inevitably feel in oh, our yeah. and how important it is, Koi, to find ways to like push past it and to continue. Because I think that sometimes, bro, that essence of going through something difficult is what gives you the personal testimony and the other back end, right? But I think that people at times, they just lay down to it and they never get back up. So talk about that yeah. a little bit. I love everything you said in those questions, the continuation, how to keep on going through the resistance and, and fight through it. Um, you know, from my, from my experience, uh, the well, one, I'll say continuation is, is so key. To, to, to follow through your idea, to follow through um, is important because that middle process, like you said, when you get the end result, the learning happens in the middle. Like that, when you start the idea, like when you create the idea, you step out and act on the idea, and then you achieve the idea, the winning or the learning was in the middle. When you look back and you accomplished, you know, point B, and point A was the idea, and point B is the result, you look back and say, wow, I really did that. That's the learning. So the continuation is important because there's values in that. But to, to, to get to your question of, you know, maybe instances that maybe happened to me and, you know, what really happened in that idea of continuing, you know, for me, when I first started, I realized and I told myself, if I'm going to grow this business, I have to grow and I have to basically do the dirty work, but I have to grow and become that person that I'm seeing in my mind. It's almost as Stella Adler says in her book, act as if, right? Act mm -hmm. as if not being fake, but I knew I had to act as if or I had to act accordingly to the person I want or I'm saying I want to be to move ahead. So when I got going, I was breaking through a lot of obscurity. Some of you guys who are listening, whatever business you're going through, you may have to break through that wall. Who the hell are you? What do you do? It's like, as soon as you get into the office, gatekeeper's like, whoa, let me see your ID. What do you do? Where are you from? What's going on? What's your message? Ah, that's not good, right? So for me, it was like, and I'm young and I wouldn't say soft, but I was really emotionally, you know, I have such a big heart and uh, very caring. So it kind of hurt my feelings when I did get shut down. And for some of you, that's okay. Like that was me. I'm a big guy, but my heart was big and I didn't like that I was getting turned out because I knew how important my message was. I knew where it was coming from. And that is so important for you guys to continue. So when I was getting going, I was calling a lot of companies. I was reaching out to a lot of people just sharing who I was. I wasn't trying to sell myself to speak to their company yet. I just wanted to say, hey, I just want to get to know you and maybe see what I do would work. And got turned away a lot. Uh, oh, we'll get back to you, right? We'll email you. Bunch mm -hmm. of BS, right? All the BS stuff. Reached out to colleges, nothing. And that really got hard on me. I said, you know, damn, cool. Like, is this really going to work? As you said, do I have enough steam in the engine to continue? Because I seen a division, right? I seen what this could be, but will it happen? And, um... You know, that happened for a couple months. Like I would get a little, a little buzz, right? A little spark somewhere here and there. Mm -hmm. um, but I said, you know, what can I do? Continue doing these calls. I know one of these is going to click. Like one of these is going to turn over. Um, at least, at least bring me in. I know I'm good looking. So they're going <laughs> to at least look at me. One look them, at me. <laughs> you know, look at me at least. I dress well. I got a great smile. One's going to bring me in. My social media looks great. So, you know, what I started doing is looking at my community. How can I get more involved? So, because I realized, right, through the continuation, these are times where it's difficult. You're going to start getting creative. And I say creative, that spirit that's inside you, whether you're sitting at home, drinking coffee in the morning or at night, you're, you're upset, an idea will click. And uh, the idea was like, well, maybe I should get into like this hop in the chamber, right? Chamber of commerce. 
uh, any young professional networks in my city. Let me go to any events that are put on by the uh, council, like the city councils, because I realized I'm not getting anywhere and I needed to talk to the people who make decisions and where those people go, those events. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, that continuation, I just kind of diverted and looked a different way. And I went to tons of events every week, made my face familiar. Hey, how are you doing? This is Corey Brown. This is what I do. Bam. I was making connections, genuine connections, which is key. I wasn't just being fake. I wanted to get to know these people. And uh, my network grew immensely. My LinkedIn grew. Um, a little chart was going crazy each week, how people, people I was adding and meeting. And then in person, I was connecting with people too. And I was following up with them. And, and that really kind of broke through that wall of continuation mm-hmm. of that experience of going through some doubts, going through like, man, I don't know if I can do this. No traction to really fighting through. And then, and then that's where kind of the goals came through. The reward was coming and things started blossoming from there. Yeah, man. Well spoken, bro. I think the key takeaway that I got from that nice dissertation you just laid on us was <laughs> who do I want to be? You know, I actually asked myself that question the other day in my kitchen, man. Like I was having a little bit of a rough day and I found myself, you know, projecting out in the future, like, oh man, I can't wait to get X, Y, and Z done because when I get X, Y, and Z done, yeah, I'll be fulfilled and content. And then I had to check myself. I was like, yeah. nah, bro, like even once X, Y, and Z do get done, there's going to be something else, you know what I'm exactly. saying? That's going to present itself as the new block or the new level of resistance. So why not be who you want to be today? Because you have mm-hmm. that choice. And Absolutely. you said it so perfectly, you know, you went and put yourself in the room of the people you wanted to connect with. You started shaking hands, you started making connections and having genuine conversations. And so I really want to inspire the audience to think about what they can do right now that already puts them in the position of either doing what they want to do or being associated with who they want to be associated with. I mean, would you agree with that? Yes. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And that helped me get into so many other things, just my business. Being humanitarian, that opened up ideas for projects that I was interested in or passionate about. Yeah. Um, other than just speaking. And you met so many other people that, you know, want to link arms. So I totally agree with you. Definitely, definitely yeah. do that. I love it, man. We're coming up on time here, but I do want to ask you a couple more questions before we transition to our random round. Yeah. Bro, people listening to this are going to be inspired, right? They're going to be inspired and they're going to desire to do the internal work. They're going to say enough's enough. Like I'm sick and tired of feeling stuck or I'm sick of not having something greater than myself to go after. But the funny thing is, at least in my mind, that when they ultimately sit down and say, I want to find my purpose, it's going to be like opening Pandora's box, right? Because yes there's going to be a flood of doubts, fears, insecurities that come to them, right? And so how would you suggest people go about creating this purpose in a way that's true to them and in a way that they don't succumb to the overwhelm that they're eventually going to feel? So there's a few ways you can approach this. And I actually did a presentation on it that I kind of just gave just a generality because it is all different for everybody. For me, I think I already kind of knew what I wanted. I knew one communication was something I was good at. That was one thing I knew was like, that was like the hub. Like, what can I do with this? So for some people, yes, it is a maybe personality test, right? So you kind of get an example, do a personality test to figure out what the hell you're good at, one. And those are generic. But two, what do you do well already? Like if you're looking for like, okay, I'm sick of my life. I want to do something. Like what do you do well already that you could really exceed at? 
it may not even be what you're in right now, the field you're in, but just what are you really good at? You know, that was a big thing. And the other thing for me when I looked at other people and help as well was my life would look or be, uh, like you said, great or perfect if I was doing this. And then what was the feeling behind this? Whatever that answer was, why was that? What feeling brought that? So I want to share those kind of three simple examples just because it may be different for everybody of what they want to do and how they want to approach it of making that purpose. But for me, and for some of you guys maybe listening, I always ask, what makes you feel good? And I know it's not the question of, oh, what would you want to wake up in the morning and do every day, right? That's very generic. Not, that doesn't really happen all the time. But what makes you feel good? Like what thing allows you to really feel free? And that was, I think, a big thing. It is a big thing for the whole idea of purpose and finding your purpose. What makes you feel free? And ties back to when you're serving people or why you want to serve them. You know, what, what does that bring from you or to you in that act? Because uh, purpose, breaking this question down, it can be difficult for a lot of people, uh, even for speakers, for people like yourself, Carl. But to get to that point, I just laid out a couple of questions. Like I said, what are you good at? What would your life look like? What are some tests? What type of life skills would you want to connect with your life? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big thing, too, in the beginning. I was learning, even learning from my, my fiance, being a therapist. Like, what key words did I want to have in my life to help me? Mm, I love it, man. Well, let's give people a few fun exercises that they can, you know, maybe implement into their day-to-day now that we all have a bunch of free time on our hands because of COVID-19. I have a couple questions. I'm going to ask the question. I would love for you to give me in a sentence or two your answer, and then I'll actually also give my answer just to kind of give people a little bit of context and additional ideas that they can play around with, all right? So first and foremost... What's one thing that people should try doing every day to practice being a bit more inwardly focused, right? You talk a lot about doing the internal work. So what's something yeah. that people can do to just focus on, themse- on themselves inwardly? Uh, meditation. Uh, yeah. Meditation, for sure. And to be honest, I just got onto that probably. I've always known well of meditation, but I didn't start doing it for about um, almost a month or two ago. And that's where you'll find a lot of answers. Um, being quiet with yourself, which is hard because we're so busy with our mind. Our mind never stops. But that's yeah. the challenge is how yeah. do you have one mind, one mindedness with yourself? Yeah. Yeah, man. I would definitely second that. I've been meditating now for probably about five years. I used to always hear about it. I just thought it was kind of a buzzword. I thought it was kind of hoopla. And then right, I, right. I just noticed that you know, I can meet somebody or I could be in a conversation with somebody for even a couple of minutes and I would completely forget what it was they were saying to me. So that to me was kind of like a warning light that I wasn't being very present. And to your point, Mm -hmm. man, it was very difficult at first sitting down 10 minutes of silence, 15 minutes of silence and not focusing on issues or random thoughts or going scary or dark places even, but over the course of time and over the, you know, over the years of practicing in some sort of a regular fashion, Mm -hmm. I really found that it's provided me uh, a greater sense of calm and peace with myself. You know, in other words, I'll think about something that maybe isn't the best scenario, but because of my meditation practice, I'm able to kind of create some space there. I don't overattach mm-hmm. myself to some of those thoughts that, you know, in my mind is probably one of the biggest reasons why people 
don't like the idea of doing the internal work is there's fear about what they might find or what they may see there. So the meditation creates a space mm-hmm. for you to see those things, observe them, and then shake and move. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get rid of them. You get, get rid, rid of them. them. Exactly. Yes. All right, bro. Number two, what's one question people should ask themselves daily? How can I provide more service, more value? Mm. When you wake up, how can I provide more value or service? Mm-hmm. Because we get paid off the marketplace due to our value in life. Yeah. So the more value or more dominion of service you have, yeah. that's what we get paid off of. And yeah. how can you do that? I love that one. I love that one. The one that I came up with or that came to mind was, what's possible? And so mm. I love that question because I even have mornings where I wake up and my mind starts to go to the problems. And problems... I think can throw water on the beautiful sea of opportunities that could thrive. And so I found that when I'm in that scarcity mindset where I'm just, you know, limited by my thinking and my thoughts are going to the negative, when I can pivot real quick and shift to what's possible, it's like a whole new sky of blue just opens up and like the clouds shift. I know it sounds a little cheesy, but it helps me see things that, are yeah, more you switch your mind. Mm-hmm. You switch your mind to a different frequency and you start yeah. seeing things that you need to see and start doing things that you need to do to start attracting things you want to attract. Exactly. So yeah, I totally agree. Exactly, man. Um, what's one book that people should read during quarantine? Oh, man. I see this on Facebook, right? We have all these quarantine questions on Facebook. Um, <laughs> one book. I would say Discover Yourself by Paul Brutton. Mm. Paul Brutton, um, Discover Yourself. I think that's one of the ones that you actually suggested to me the other day. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about some internal work. It's, it's internal. Love it. Love it. The one that I will suggest is 5am club by Robin Sharma. Oftentimes I just find that people are like, well, ah, I don't really have the time to do meditation or to, you know, ask myself the questions or to journal. And at 5am club, it's, it's a really neat story about three fictional characters that I think people can resonate with. And it it talks about how to take back some of that time so that you can Mm -hmm. live the life that you ultimately aspire to live. And number four, bro, who is one online mentor that you would point people towards? You know, I I think that people talk a lot about mentorship. I know that Bob Proctor was a key mentor for you, but I think the biggest misconception is that a mentor needs to be a physical person that you actually. So talk to me about that. An online mentor. Could even be yourself. Man, you, <laughs> yeah, man, you put me on the spot. It's just funny. As you asked me a question, I was trying to think of my feed on Instagram, right? Like, who do I look? Who do I follow? I would say Nathan Apkin. Mm. And I can send that to you as well. We'll have it in the show links. Yeah, yeah, we'll have it in the show okay. links. Nathan So Apkin. I'll get that for you. Um, and, and simply just because he challenges you to think about you. Mm. And I guess I'm, I, maybe I'm a little biased, maybe obsessed about that idea because you can't paint the outside of the house and expect that, you know, the kitchen be changed. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to change the kitchen first, the mm-hmm. living room, everything inside before the outside changes. Yeah. And um, he really challenges you to think in a thought provoking way about you as a human being and your potential to grow. So, um, yeah, it. I would say Nathan Apkin. Love it. I'm going to say Andy Frisella. He's a guy that I follow a good bit. He's definitely not for everybody, but very similar to what you just said along the same lines. He definitely challenges you to challenge yourself. The idea being that at the end of the day, no matter what's going on in the external world, and obviously there's a lot going on right now, we still have 
a decision to make. We still have a choice about how we want to show up. And in a roundabout way, it's really about being more inwardly focused about what you can do today, what little thing, whatever it may be, to push towards who it is you want to become or to push towards what it is you're hoping to put onto the world. And I just love it. And he talks in a very basic way. You know, it's definitely just human gap. So it's nothing's going to be yep. over the, you know, too over the top of people's heads to follow. So love that, man. Dude, thank you so much, bro, for taking the time to sit down with us just to share a little bit about your story and all the beautiful things that you're doing, man. I can't yes. see how you just continue to blossom. But before I let you go, where can people follow you and learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So my website, www.coybrown.com. Uh, very simple. Instagram, Koi underscore Brown. And then also Facebook, Koi Brown. And um, also Twitter, Koi underscore Eldridge. So that's E-L-D-R-I-D-G-E at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to me my social medias or my website, which obviously has my email on there. Um, always open to suggestions, always open to talk and obviously build relationships and see how I can help you as yeah, well. You know, please check him out. Um, Koi is fantastic. The dude is soaring in life and he just has so much great positivity to add. So we'll have all those links down below here in the show notes to where you listen to the episode. Koi, let's transition to our random round. I'm going to let you go. All right. This is just five fun questions. I call them the free time five just for the audience to kind of see a little bit about who you are and your personality. Yes. All right. Number one, man, what's your favorite activity to do in your free time? Read. Love it. Love it. I ask this of every guest. So imagine that potential was a physical location on a map that you could travel to. Koi, what would be more enjoyable to you? Would it be the journey or the drive to potential or would it be just arriving to potential in and of itself? The journey and the drive. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, what's your favorite empowering quote you'd love to leave with the audience today? Ooh, um, man, I got so many on my phone. I couldn't even, couldn't even think of one. Let me see. Um, you know, it's funny. I got asked this on Facebook the other day and I actually go to my notes cause I don't have it in my head, but I guess in paraphrase, the quote goes by self responsibility springs when you take ownership of yourself. And I really liked how that really said was you taking self responsibility of yourself, and that's also equates to self respect yeah. um, and ownership of who you are. So I forget who that's by. Be honest, I feel bad for those who are listening, but <laughs> that's 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 kind of the message of what it was saying, and I, and yeah. I love that. It was just so raw and so true. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing the message. That's what matters, man. Um, what's your greatest fear? Uh, man, is not fulfilling my potential. Yeah, like yeah. just not fulfilling that up. Yeah. And last but not least, man, I'm a big believer in the power of visualization. I think that all beautiful things in this world start off as nothing but clear and concise visuals and ideas in the mind. So yes. talk to me about where you're going to be in the next six to nine months with that premise in mind. Next six to nine months, book will be obviously done um, and published, but also business will expand not only um, with this companies because I've tapped in more into corporate. So I'm more looking to um, really just expand on that um, and, and help also a company here, five star leadership with their corporate kind of ties of bringing companies. And also in six, nine months, really aspiring to get a nonprofit off the ground mm -hmm. uh, in the eco kind of department of uh, recycling. So that is something I'm really, really excited about. 
Brother, I cannot wait to see you check all of those things off your list, man. Um, wishing you nothing but the best and health and happiness going forward, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, man. Thank you. Of course. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised. So there's no better time than the present to get into the arena of your life and to start moving towards your purpose and potential. Peace. Hey, I want to personally thank you again for tuning in. At the end of the day, I really do believe that we're all in this game of life to help one another out. And that the best way we can do this is through sharing our stories more openly and honestly. And so, if you like the show, please take a quick minute to leave us a rating, drop us a review, and subscribe for more. Also, I'd love to get to know you a little bit better and hear your story. Please head over to carlsona.com slash chat. That's Carl with a K. SONA.com slash chat to book a 15 minute free Zoom call with me, and I can't wait to see you there.